Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Scala. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Style Over Substance. We're just two friends talking about our experiences working inside the fashion industry and also our observations from outside the fashion industry. It's sometimes serious, but it's definitely always a good laugh. Always. We release new episodes every Tuesday. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. Is blind. Yeah, so I'm up. To, I'm up to date now. Um, yeah. I think it's just one more episode or a couple more episodes to be released on Fridays. One. I was devastated. So I didn't. I hadn't known that there was only two le- episodes left after the last burst of four. Mm. And so Friday hit. Like turned off my laptop at four thirty, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can now binge watch for a few hours." Love is blind. This is great. It was one episode. I mean, it didn't need to be longer, but it, I wanted the full. Yeah. I wanted it all. But I was expecting each wedding to be a separate episode. Yeah, they, that but has been like I think wasn't last. it more like that last time? Well, I feel like there was a lot of like been. coming and going in last time. Are we going to give spoilers? Should we give a little like spoiler warning? Uh, no. Listen, guys, you need to just keep up. <laughs> well we're talking about it so yeah. but yeah maybe it was also because just not many weddings happened you know oh, okay so <laughs> the person who got married because there were two weddings that actually the happened. first one should not have happened never have opinion. happened should have never happened he she was didn't. sweating like an absolute I thought he was going to say no. No Me one too. sweats that much. Yeah. It wasn't that- direct sunlight, but. No, no, that's no. See, so you only sweat that much if you're nervous about admitting or saying what you need to say and being honest. Like, I genuinely thought he was going up there and was nervous to embarrass mm. her on the, like, at the altar. He was sweating so much. And I thought, my God, please don't hold her hand. Your hand is probably soaking. <laughs> it was like he sweat through his jacket. Did you see when he like... The patch on the back. Off. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering. I was like, there's a wet patch there. How did that happen? Um, she is in no position to get married. No. And she you know what? It's a difficult one because I've seen actually... You don't have to be the most like mentally stable person to be able to get married. But I think that she is quite 
hard on him mm. and they haven't learned to argue or if they are compatible with the way they argue yeah I think that's more the problem um but yeah I I, I don't have high hopes for them lasting no, I think that you don't have to I've never been married so I'm <laughs> completely talking out of my ass right now but I suspect <laughs> that you don't have to be a hundred percent amazing well-rounded well-grounded confident person to enter a marriage however your toxic traits cannot like it will be the reason her toxic traits will be the reason why their marriage doesn't work because she is constantly undermining what they have yeah and questioning it and sabotaging it quite frankly and um for no reason and also another thing they do that really annoys me is they have these arguments they never really get resolved the issues Mm. don't get resolved and then the next week when they're happy and they're in love with each other they say I never doubted our love yeah yeah I never doubted it for one second I knew I wanted to marry you an argument and then they're like oh I'm just not sure I'm not sure I'm not and then I never it's like stop lying to yourselves guys yeah I actually, I really thought it was quite like honourable how many of them didn't go ahead because I think it spoke volumes of... DT. I mean, first of all, like we'll get there. Okay. Um, But I think it's like I have a real thing as a single... I don't even know if I'm ready to mingle. (laughs) A solo person in this world. Um... I feel like a lot of worth is like put on people being in relationships. Like the amount of times that people are like, oh, how come you don't know someone? It's like, I don't know. Like, I I don't know. Um, And I think like like the goal is to find someone. And don't get me wrong. Like I want certain things in my life and that includes having somebody else, but that's Mm -hmm. not the only, like my life isn't, shouldn't feel lesser yeah because of that and so I think it was really great that these people had obviously gone on this show a bit of like a last resort or like my love life hasn't worked out thus far I'll give this a go but weren't desperate enough to be like anything will do yeah I think that was great especially like deep tea which was like I choose myself mm. and I was like yes you do yeah. and you know I'm so glad she that she made well. the decision I'm so glad she made the decision that she did because throughout the season, listening to Shake and the things he was saying on camera mm. about her when she genuinely seems like she deserves nothing but the best, she seems like a lovely woman. Like, there's obviously, I don't know her, but she seems like a genuine person. Yeah. And to hear the things he was saying about her throughout this series, I thought, oh my God, they're going to get married. And then she's going to see it. And then she's going to witness all of this and see all of this. And I was shocked that she didn't choose to marry him because I actually thought, despite Shake's shortcomings and his, oh, just all the issues that he has with marrying an Indian woman and all of that. Um, I thought because their parents, both of them were so welcoming of each other. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? If there's a marriage that's going to work, it's going to be them because they have so much support. Yeah. I think they are actually quite good for each other, but Shake fucked it up really and truly. And I'm so glad that she saw, 
shake for who he was and yeah. what he was thinking internally and what he was feeling about the whole thing before she got married to him. Because mm. I, like, I think wow. she also would have taken that marriage really seriously and not left it um, unless she could have avoided it. But I think his reaction to not getting married says it all said it all like the little oh I'm going to Navy next week and like all this stuff I was like that is why she didn't marry you yeah and like granted that's him like behaving that way because he's masking his emotion there yeah but that's there's a time and a place yeah (laughs) he's like I'm just really glad because I know I can recover from this yeah. And he's like, it's basically he was saying, like, you know, typically this would be uh an occasion where you'd feel really sad and but I'm not, I'm actually glad that it happened this way. Yeah. That's pretty much what he was saying. And also the fact we are so not talking about fashion right now, but whatever. Um <laughs> the fact that he never actually or we didn't get to see him approach Deep T and just do like a little debrief with yeah. her and kind of see how she's doing. Try and get an explanation as to why she made the decision that she did. I mean, when we take Natalie and Shane. Yeah. At least Shane kind of. He's got like, he's got like ADHD or something. Well, well, Mr. Big thinks he like snorts. (laughs) Well, he looks like that for sure. But if he doesn't, he's got, because he can't, he can't handle. Oh yeah. He's got like ticks or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, I think he was having a real moment, like a real breakdown. He, was, he couldn't, he couldn't communicate how he felt, and he. Yeah. Was... <laughs> I will say, fashion-wise, Natalie's dress looked great on her. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to know the girl's name. They're the two that I just the kind of nothing one. The guy that plays the ukulele. Oh, um, uh, I want to say Mallorca, but it's not Mallorca. It's <laughs> Mallory. Mal- she looked beautiful yeah, in that dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and who else? I mean, I thought Deep T's dress was really beautiful. Um, Mr. Um, Big thinks Ayana's dress looked like a curtain. He was not a fan. Ayana, oh, what, what that with Jarrett? Jarrett yeah. or Jarrett? Yeah. You spell it Jarrett. Yeah, it's Jarrett, <laughs> but they don't realize that an E double T E is like a a female. Um, yeah, I thought her dress could have been better. But she's just a beautiful girl, so yeah. she just looked great anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then the other girl's dress was fine. I just, I'm not the biggest fan of her, if I'm honest. Oh no, she just grinds my gears. What's her name? Um, <laughs> oh, I can't remember either one of their name? names right now. No, neither. It's not Rachel. Oh yeah. Well, Everyone we knows who we're talking about. Yeah, we don't need to remember them. <laughs> Anyway. But anyway, if people aren't here for our lovers blind recap, <laughs> what's your fashion story? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, my fashion story is about the future of Off-White, the brand, mm. in the wake of Virgil Abloh's death. So when he passed um, last month, month before, it's March now. 
so in January and he passed and obviously um shortly after his passing they had a Louis Vuitton men's show that he designed previous to passing away obviously um and they were just like we had brief discussions about what are we going to see from off-white moving forward we had an episode about creative directors and their significance and their role in a brand Mm. and off-white is obviously Virgil Abloh that's his Mm. he's like the founder of that brand and although he is he was men's designer of Louis Vuitton that's a small part of Louis Vuitton's history like he wasn't and and Louis Vuitton would go on like will go on regardless and Mm -hmm. I feel like his death was a bit untimely right I know he wasn't well yeah but I wonder if he had prepared the brand for his exit Mm -hmm. off-white yeah so um because I would want to leave behind almost like a little instruction manual Mm -hmm. I had created a brand and it was doing quite well I would sort of have like a these are my like company values in terms of like aesthetic, like whoever co- takes over me, this yeah. is my inspiration. And I wonder like if he had the time to do that or if people will respect, there's not enough history almost for people to respect it. Yeah. So um, the, there's an article on business of fashion. It's, it's really interesting if you want to read mm. the whole thing. Um, and the Louis Vuitton chief, um, what's his name? Oh my gosh, I can't remember his name right now. Something Burke. And he actually says that although he was aware of, um, Virgil Abloh's cancer from the very beginning being managed and they were actually fairly positive about the outcome, suggesting that they thought he would recover and, um, be able to continue designing for the brand um and he says that his death actually took them by surprise it was a sudden death it wasn't what they were expecting so in that I don't think that there was a Mm. a plan b or a strategy to move forward with Louis Vuitton or off-white without him having said that this article does kind of touch on how he left behind for off-white, he left behind a lot of designs and a lot of work that could easily be released as a continuation of him as a designer and the founder and whatnot. So I think, you know, which doesn't really surprise me because we've talked about him being a jack of all trades Mm -hmm. and really creating for the love of creating and I think that speaks volumes like the fact that he's left behind a lot of work enough to release more collections in the future is like well of course like isn't that such a blessing for that to happen for the brand yeah and also I wonder a lot of musicians right when they're making an album they don't just record those 12 to 17 tracks yeah there is like I think that the discog- discography discography yeah. <laughs> I can't even <laughs> um, of Michael Jackson I don't know if yeah. his name is blasphemy these days and um, it's huge mm-hmm. um, and I think you know if he's worked with Kanye I wouldn't mind betting Kanye has like so many unreleased tracks 
Yeah. And so, and also like fashion designers do whittle things down, but I wonder if he's kind of got this, I bet he's kind of got, used to have such creative juices Mm -hmm. that then you just have to like, whittle it down to a collection or something yeah so like all the other things that didn't make the cut are still mm. amazing in there yeah own it's not that they weren't good enough it's just that you just have to edit yourself down don't you mm-hmm. um but yeah it also talks about how off-white's next chapter is gonna be starting this year at paris fashion week um and it's what is described as this like couture like high fashion Wow. So maybe they're going to move more into high fashion as opposed to staying. Maybe that's where they were going already. Maybe. And I think that makes sense because mm. when you're when you're creative director for menswear at Louis Vuitton, of course you're going to bring in that like that kind of sentiment into mm. your own brand. It's going to be like more elevated. Does that because the whole point, right, is it teaches you something too. It's a great job, but you you learn something from it and you can yeah. take that with you into your own stuff. Yeah. And then there was also mention of a tease into the beauty sphere. Now, I don't know how I feel about that. There's so many beauty brands out there, but it's a no-brainer for a brand this popular and this high yeah. because beauty makes money, doesn't it? Makes good money. And if you're going to like move more into high fashion, the prices are going to go up, quite frankly. And that base, your fan base who like bought into the T-shirts and the trainers and all of that like lower price point stuff, probably going to get priced out a bit more. Mm. And so beauty is like, you know, where you'll get your off-white fix. But also on the decision of will they appoint a new creative director or will they just keep churning out you know as much as possible for as long as possible Virgil Abloh's own designs they have floated around the idea of this collective so maybe people who like worked with Virgil Abloh friends of his people in the industry who will like come and do these inspired collections I'm not sure but I think that would be a cool idea, you know. Yeah, definitely. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, I saw like pictures of Gigi Hadid shooting their ne- latest campaign. Um, and I wonder if that is still a Virgil com- campaign. Yeah. Um. She, yeah, she used to walk in the shows, didn't she? So... Yeah, I think she was like with a, was friendly with him and stuff like that yeah um but yeah yeah crazy so uh what is your fashion story so i have a few sort of like small ones um the first is sort of that fashion weeks have kind of been a um happening um like paris and milan and new york and it's actually really nice haven't seen loads of people that i follow it's just nice to see it all again on mm. sort of my feed. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's nice to get that sort of normality post-pandemic yeah. shows back. And, and that idyllic thing of someone going to Paris and be like, oh my God, Paris. Like, it's mm. those little nice things that come with it. Um, Dreamy, I suppose. Yeah. And it's like, oh. 
maybe I'll go there soon. Like it's all that stuff. It's it's yeah. just nice to see. Um and then award season is starting. And again, like it's great to see dresses and mm-hmm. all of that going on. Um and dark designers just showing off and all yeah. of that. Um and, but I know I mentioned him last week, mm-hmm. but Tom Daly is becoming a fashion icon. Really? I just I just really love I I think I screenshot them to show you. Um, and we can post them. Let me find them. Um, but he is just like he's found his inner confidence, or I don't know if he was hiding it, or I just wasn't seeing it. I'm not like his biggest fan, by the way. Yeah, you come you come off like you really follow him online. I follow him, but I guess I'm probably engaging with it a bit more because yeah, he's, he's being a bit funky. Um, oh. I will say that um, after last week, your last fashion story regarding Tom Daly and then Francis Bourgeois being in the picture, I, oh. Like he's got jeans that have like flames. Yeah. Okay. And then he's got this like all love heart. Oh. Like I think it's, um, that's my nephew. (laughs) Um, I think it's like a, Christian Louboutin look or well he wears Christian Louboutin shoes but he's like I don't know I just think he's like serving some looks I appreciate it he's stepping out of his comfort zone but like that's so much fun yeah it's like a crop tank top yeah yeah he looks like he's having a good time and yeah enjoying the new phase of his life I suppose oh my gosh so with you mentioning Francis Bourgeois, mm. he was invited to Milan to watch the Gucci show. I think he has a stylist because when I was about to say well, that Gu- no, Gucci week- styled him. They he went he literally made a TikTok of him going to the store and them giving him an outfit. Oh, hold on. This was the TikTok you sent to me, but I haven't seen it because yeah. my phone died. But so he like arrives to the store on a scooter with his little GoPro on, and then he goes and picks out an outfit, shows like a few options, and then just like scoots off in Milan. He wore the GoPro. I don't. Well, not like not in the store. No, no, no. Uh, I meant like he, he had no shame. He just yeah. walked up on his little scooter with his GoPro. Yeah, in his so, face. I love him. I think he's great. Yeah, that's cute. It's fun. I like it. So those are my little pockets of yeah fashion. <laughs> stuff. This episode's poll for this week. Oh, oh. Of what? What brand are you going to be? Yeah, yeah. Apparently what brand would you want to be amused for? Yeah. I wonder what pe- I, I wonder what people's most popular answer would be. You know, it would be quite cool. Maybe being at nike and you just like because you know nike they design a shit ton of trainers yeah and most of the ones they design which are like is this because you want lots of trainers i don't even have that many trainers but they have some really like cool designs that Mm -hmm. i think would being the muse would open you up to like this whole other world 
yeah of footwear oh 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 it has to be like christian the bhutan because you know how dita von tees yeah. is like best friends with christian she has like this wardrobe full of his shoes and he makes the shoes for her tours and stuff he makes like custom made shoes for her I that's mean, got to be the ultimate blessing right when someone's does your tour outfits or something like that yeah yeah dazzle everything yeah so there you go <laughs> there you go so yeah who would you like to be amused for who like which oh, brand? No. oh that's a poll yeah, yeah. sorry <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was another question <laughs> We interrupt this broadcast to say, go follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Starloves of Substance Pod. There you'll find our weekly fashion topics, all the stuff that we discuss in each episode, and our polls. Or reach out to us at styleoversubstancepodcast at gmail.com for new suggestions of topic discussions or even to share your own fashion stories. We also have a YouTube channel, Style Over Substance Podcast, if you'd rather listen to our episodes over there. Back to the episode. Well, this week, Mm -hmm. we are talking about fashion muses, ultimate fashion icons the um you know those people who are either models or not who these artists draw inspiration on in a fashion sense um the people who inspire uncle jams okay you know i okay before we continue um julia fox um when I saw that I was like okay I want to know what she's talking about and Anka Jams is the film I thought it was some like album or something I I assumed it was a song same I was like oh okay that's quite like that's quite indie Mm -hmm. um but it's a film that I watched I think it was an Amazon Prime I liked it It had Adam Sandler in it it was cool but I don't know how she was the muse she was just an actress in the film I don't know how she was amused. I need her to explain that to me. Well, when I've been researching muses, that is a topic that I kind of came across is that people use that word a bit willy-nilly just Mm. because you're... So like one person's thing was just because you are the ambassador of a brand or the face of a brand does not mean you are the designer's muse just because you are in their show or Mm -hmm. they like you Mm -hmm. does not necessarily mean you're their muse exactly so what is a muse to you so I've got like a thing here so it originates from Mm. Greek mythology and muses were the inspirational goddesses of literature science and the arts Mm -hmm. 
And so basically in in modern world, they are the source of artistic inspiration. And I think that's true. I think a muse is somebody who inspires somebody in in like a, a much larger sense. I'd almost, I don't know if you've ever heard the terminology of like the girl. Mm-hmm. So designers would like designers or a brand would have a girl mm-hmm. as in who's the girl you're designing for? Yeah. Who's our girl? And it's a quote unquote mythological person essentially of like, who is she? Where does she shop? What does she do for a living? And you kind of create this person in your head. Mm-hmm. But I would say if there's someone who fits that box, then that yeah. is the muse. Yeah. Someone who embodies the brand in yeah. a sense, or like the aspiration of that brand. Not just yeah. someone that you love. Or like, yeah. It's yeah. some it's someone who like creatively you want to dress them, you but it's more than that. I think it's mm-hmm. it's bigger than just like, oh my God, you're so fabulous. I want to dress you. That's the it's thing. I think the reason why the word probably gets banded about willy-nilly is because it has an air of mystique mm. and co- like high culture. Like you're a muse. It almost sounds like you're mysterious but you know a lot about the arts and you're like, well, educated and you're like sophisticated. You might not be any of these things, but the term muse is so like steeped in quote unquote high culture that people want to be, I mean, I'd love to be someone's muse, a designer's muse. Mm -hmm. It just sounds cool. Like put it on my tombstone. You know, (laughs) it it does. It it sounds great to be honest. Um, so I can understand why people want to jump on that, um, like Julia Fox. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, so there's been like in history, there's been lots of iconic muses in fashion for one reason or another. Um, a lot of the most famous ones have been women who mm-hmm. have kind of joined forces with the creative director or they have inspired a particular like bag model or like a famous bag that either it was created and it was named after them Mm. um like the lady dior or something or the bag was made at the request of their muse or Mm. it was to gift to this muse like the birkin with jane birkin um and there are some like lesser known ones. And researching for this topic, there was one in particular that really stood out to me. Um, okay, we'll start with this. And this is Foxy Brown, was yes. John Galliano's muse. I was like, I don't think I've ever picked up this. <laughs> Genius. And you know what it is? It made sense to me because, you know, in the past few years where we've seen like a lot of revival, like 90s and early 2000s revival stuff. And obviously things like the saddlebag was Mm. probably John Galliano's, like one of his most famous bags that he designed. That era would have been like the Foxy Brown music era. And there's a lot of like bikinis out there, those Dior bikinis that you think are they counterfeit? Are they yeah. real? Did this They're really real. happen? <laughs> Did this really happen into your history? 
And when I saw that Foxy Brown was, you know, inspired this whole collection, I thought, well, there you have it. Like yeah. it made sense. And it was like, I think that period or, yeah, those pieces where it's like heavy on the Dior um, monogram mm. and some of the bags had like red, gold and green, like colouring to it. Red, gold and green. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it really did, um, it embodied like the overly glamorous mm. hip hop kind of style that Foxy Brown is about. Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, there's so many of them that I didn't really know of, maybe because they predated, or I never really realised, like you said, sort of, I probably didn't realise at the time that that stuff was real Dior. Yeah. Because the 90s were the height of counterfeit. Like, everyone walked around with, like, faux Burberry scarves, faux Chanel earrings, like, it was mm-hmm. just sort of fake fantastic. So mm-hmm. I prob- it probably never registered that that was real Dior stuff. Yeah. But you're right. It makes total sense, to be honest. Um, yeah. I mean, so Carl, I was reading up about Carl Lagerfeld and he claims he's only ever had one true muse. And who was that? And that was his partner, um, Jacques de Bascher, uh, probably said that wrong, yeah, or Basca. Um, and he died when he was only like in his late 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, I think it was in 1989. And so, yeah, like that's who Karl Lagerfeld claims was his muse. Mm-hmm. But that's then maybe an example. And I would, I would say, hopefully, Karl Lagerfeld didn't use the word muse lightly. Because if you're saying I've only ever had one, mm-hmm. um, a muse doesn't have to be somebody that you address. It might just be that person who, because they're in your life, you feel more creatively inspired, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, yeah. it's always been, he's always seemed to have muses, like recently with Kristen Stewart. There's been, oh, is it Johnny Depp's daughter? Oh, um, yes. Like Lily, is her name Lily? No. I think Lily Rose. Lily Rose. So like he's, and then it was at one point, um, who was it? Was Kaya Gerber one? Like, I don't know. He's He has the, like, the people that he wants to walk out with or he has the people that he wants to be seen with. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. Um, but that's, I think, where the word gets misplaced. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah I think I think that's where a lot of people see brand ambassador oh there's this model who's in yeah. all the campaigns um she's in the beauty ads she's in the couture show she's on the runway blah 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 and they think oh the designer adores her no she, that person's their marketing like, tool and it's like let's be, maybe maybe but I doubt it mm. <laughs> They're just a really beautiful person. And yeah, so yeah, I can see how that happens. But um, should we go through some of the iconic Mm -hmm. uses and see what your thoughts are? Okay, so we've talked about Foxy Brown, obviously. (laughs) Um, Another iconic one, which will be 
kind of no surprise to anyone. And it's supposedly uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier and Madonna. Madonna was Jean-Paul Gaultier's muse, which makes sense because there was a whole era of where, you know, the most famous Madonna outfit, I think it was for Blonde Ambition and she had the comb Mm. bra and it was like in this pink satin. Um, Jean-Paul Gaultier is known for corsetry Mm. and like boning and all of that. That sort of aesthetic that Madonna was was touting at the time as well so yeah of course yeah for sure especially like I mean I think she's almost still trying to be his muse um (laughs) um but yeah no definitely I think his corsetry and it's it's very distinctive and it is it's that sort of like the way that cone bra corset is made is mm-hmm. so in his signature style of he kind of he likes to use a lot of panels mm-hmm. to really make it detailed it's not just sort of like front back or like left right cup cup it's it's lots of little pieces and mm-hmm. it's really well done and so yeah mm-hmm. like you can it's instantly recognizable that that's who she's wearing yeah um and, and then the, vice versa, you look at stuff that he's done and it looks Madonna-esque. So that's kind of how a muse relationship works, is that mm. they're reminiscent of the other. Yeah. Um, the point that you made about how she's still trying to, <laughs> I don't know. She's trying to have her clothes off half the time, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, if someone treats you like their muse mm. and really hypes you up and they're at the you know, the pinnacle of their career, there's a part of you that's always going to be like, well, I'm the one who really knows him. I know what he would have liked. I know his style. And you're going to feel a bit of like ownership over the brand because you're like, I am the brand. The brand is me. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I think there's probably a lot of ego involved Mm -hmm. in it. Like for sure my head would get big if I was somebody's muse and I knew it and it was, (laughs) and the world knew it you'd be fighting to hold on to that yeah for as long as you could for sure definitely um one that probably doesn't surprise any of us just because this particular actress was I mean she was a global icon and that was Uber de Givenchy Mm -hmm. and Audrey Hepburn yeah breakfast at Tiffany's of course so he designed the little black dress Mm mm-hmm which A is then become the most of iconic dress and like, oh, just wear a little black dress. Everyone has to have the perfect little black dress. Mm. Um, But they worked together. So she obviously did that relatively young. Mm. They stayed in collaboration for quite a long time, Mm. Um, which is amazing that they sort of had a really lovely relationship. I think she even said like a really beautiful quote about how she feels the most herself in his clothes. Well, I'd be saying that as well. Yeah. (laughs) If I was donned out in Givenchy dresses. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Another one, if uh, you like Cher, and you like um, kind of 
late 70s, 80s glamour. It is obviously Cher was Bob Mackie's muse. Now, if you if you know anything about Bob Mackie, it was like glitz, feather, um, sequins, rhinestones, um, illusion mesh. You know how everyone goes on these red carpets mm-hmm. and they wear these like yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like they're naked, but they're like caref- carefully placed flowers and stuff. That's like a lot of what Cher wore. At, I feel like that's what thinking. she's wearing again. Oh well, because again, this is the thing. If you music. feel like if you feel like you invented it, <laughs> if, yeah, she thinks she's probably like the owner of that look. And also, there's people like Kim Kardashian. Kim went through a real phase of really celebrating Cher and that. Oh, who was it that Kim dressed as for like Halloween? It was, was her name, maybe like Cher. Selena. Oh yes, yes, yes. That act, the singer, yeah, had a, a quite a similar like the long hair vibe, very similar. Sort of wears the cat suits with the flared trousers, very similar to Cher. And mm-hmm. um, she went through a real moment, and that really, I think, like reinvented that sort of era for a lot of people who'd maybe forgotten. Also, mm-hmm. um, um, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, there is yes. always praise for Bob Mackie. Yes. Because, I mean, who doesn't enjoy, like, I mean, at this point in Cher's career, she had the flattest stomach in the world and she could pull off these, like... She, she had the, like, she pulled off so many looks. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, she was, like, pretty much naked. Mm. Um, but I mean like stunning work and it's their showpieces you know they're not Bob Mackie's not about being like the girl next door yeah it's like glamour in it's all its glory yeah for sure oh share <laughs> I love her um do you have any others or do you want me to keep going I was just I reckon you okay. keep going and you tell me what you think um we have a little bit of brotherly sister love Versace. Yeah. Of course. Gianni Versace used to dress his sister Donatella. Um, and one of his most famous dresses was debuted by his sister. Um, it included a lot of like straps. Uh, it was black leather, of course. Mm. It was old hardware, Medusa's involved. Um, but had like a lot of straps and kind of like buckle elements and she debuted it. um, And that's quite a famous piece that she's kind of stepped out in. Bearing in mind, this was like what the early Mm. nineties. And yeah, she's since gone on to take over the family business and design things in a way that, only she would understand what Gianni would want, I suppose, or at least yeah. that is how it's touted to us as the general population. Yeah. No, for sure. And I think actually, because it's such a family business, mm-hmm. the fact that she probably has lived and breathed that aesthetic, because um, it's quite a gaudy aesthetic. Mm. Um. So if there is somebody that you can, like, I think that would be a kind of brand, a bit like even with Bob Mackie and with Jean-Paul Gaultier, I think almost the more um, 
exuberant and the more sort of out there your designs are the probably the more of a need for a muse you know like Givenchy Mm. their dresses were always going to be beautiful with or without Audrey Hepburn yeah you know but Mm. I think if you've got quite a specific style in mind um it must I think that's when it must be really helpful to have a muse especially if that's then your sister who knows exactly what that like the brand is and that's sort of what she's been inspired by from her early years Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I agree I think um a beautiful dress can be quite generic Mm. um and you can see lots of women in it and you can claim that any woman can can be part of the brand and but and part of the vision but yeah you're right Versace it's an Italian brand but it's not like a classic Italian brand, like a suave Italian man, you know, it is, as you said, it's, it's gaudy and it's, um, yeah, I think that only she would, um, be able to continue making stuff that, you know, Gianni was doing. Yeah. Um, we also have some more, we have to talk about Jean-Louis Dumas, who was the chairman of Hermes at the time, mm-hmm. and Jane Birkin. Yeah. So, I mean, not many people... I mean, Jane Birkin is less of a household name than maybe the Birkenberg is these days. Yeah, 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 it's true. But they he had that with um, the Kelly as well. Yeah. Essentially. Um, yeah, that naming, well, to, like two of the most famous bags in the entire world mm. after famous actresses. But wasn't it that Jane Birkin, he wanted her to have it? So the the kind of like myth or the story um, is that they met on a flight during the 80s. Yeah. And she, they were discussing bags and whatnot. And she basically said that she can't find a bag that suits her needs. That's like, she can carry everything on up, carry everything in her bag but it's like a bit of a workhorse bag or whatever and they sat together on this flight reimagining her ideal bag and then kind of designed it in her image to what she wanted and um so it was a collaboration from the very beginning in that sense you know she inspired the creation of this bag and yeah so that's how it became named after her and I've also just read that they collaborated on the Kelly oh the two soon collaborated making a bag that oh sorry no making a bag that was bigger than the famous Kelly I was about to be like what um (laughs) I was gonna say he didn't um... deviate too far from the Kelly Hmm. but still that's amazing that all these years later it's still one of the most covetable things and like has wait lists and she's not maybe relevant yet to our popular culture anymore mm-hmm. but that bag will be indefinitely but yeah I think I might be wrong but I think the reason why this bag is so popular going back to the idea of like quote unquote high culture um is that for most people, 
a few years ago, let's say 10 years ago, whatever, most people probably didn't really know about the Hermes Birkin. Like you probably tell them and they probably don't know what you're talking about. And it was only those in the know who shopped in Hermes or who had friends who did, or, you know, it was like that thing to have. It's quite understated as a bag. And that's why a lot of people don't even rate the bag that much because it's Mm. not really flashy. Um, So it's like, if you know, you know, you know, you have to be like part of the in crowd to, to appreciate it. And so it was probably seen as like, quote unquote old money like you know oh, for sure I think I think you're describing what Bottega used to be like before they had their yeah. moment that was kind yeah. of what Hermes these bags used to be like <clears throat> yeah so um now it's really it's wildly popular and famous and and whatnot but yeah it's always been there as an iconic piece for the brand it's just that now us like paupers <laughs> are in the know as well yeah well because a like it's 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 been in loads of songs right so it's been in rap songs i think it's been in pop songs mm-hmm. it's been on keeping up with the kardashians yeah. i think it's it featured in sex the city so it's yeah. it's come out in our popular culture mm-hmm. um but yeah, for a while it was very much more of a those who knew knew, and if you saw one, you're like, I know that yeah. lady's got taste, or she's she's on a special list somewhere. <laughs> yeah, um, we've got another one, mm-hmm. and this is Nicolas Gesquier, who's the Louis Vuitton women's creative director, yeah. and Charlotte Gainsbourg. Now, this is one I don't understand, and mm. I'll explain. So Charlotte Gainsbourg, she's this French actress, and she's actually the daughter of Jane Birkin. So, you know, she's got an in. You know, uh-huh. when your mum's iconic, then things work out for you. <laughs> yeah. And people are going to start looking at you as, like, fashion royalty in itself. Now, in my opinion, I don't get the obsession with Charlotte Gainsbourg. And she's very much positioned as, like, the quintessential french woman Mm. if you ever see like a lot of um like uh billboard like posters for like typical french brands and stuff she's got that look that is very much promoted in france so Mm. that's the impression that i've always gotten kind of like a reminds me of what was her name who was married to the french like president Oh, um, oh, uh, Sarkozy, she was married to. She sort of reminds me. Oh, no, she's better looking. Yeah, but like it's that look, right? It's that sort of. Yes. Um, I need to find out what her name is. Sarkozy's wife. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, while I look for that. Does it be- her surname begin with a B? I can't remember. The model. Bruni. Carla Bruni. Carla Bruni. Um, yeah, she's gorgeous though. Um, so yeah, I I don't understand. Uh, you know what? If if you hadn't said she was Jane Birkin's daughter, I I don't know who she I don't know who she is. So she's just she's an actress. Yeah. And a full-time muse. 
she's modeled for other brands she? As well. <laughs> yeah and um yeah anyway he has supposedly um drawn a lot of inspiration from her oh to be a socialite yeah exactly that mm. i'm probably hoping because of the connections that sort of means something or maybe she grew up around it with her mum being in sort of that sphere who knows but yeah but Nicholas Gesquier he's quite young yeah he's not, you know from her mum's era mm. I mean mm. one that I read about was Mark Jacobs and Sophia Coppola Coppola I think Mm-hmm. I've never like I've been a big fan of Mark Jacobs I don't even recognize her <laughs> so I guess that's kind of like I our point on muses is mm-hmm. I had no clue and they've had a friendship for sort of nearly um 10 years no no I'm sorry more um nearly 30 years mm-hmm. and she directed like the daisy fragrance campaign Oh. And all this stuff. Okay. Um, and yeah, I I wouldn't recognize her. And yeah, she's some somehow his news. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, as you were making your point that a muse isn't a brand ambassador, you're yeah. not necessarily featured in all the campaigns. You're probably in the, you know, the studio with the designer. You probably mm. model the clothes in the first fittings for them. Yeah. Or you come and they show you the collection with like excitement and you kind of go through it with them and say, oh, I would see myself wearing that and that and yeah. that. I really like that. I don't like that one so much. And you bounce ideas off each other. And that's probably the nature of their relationship mm. is this mutual appreciation for what each other are doing as opposed to not everyone needs to be on the front line in the, yeah, spotlight. In the spotlight to be amused. Yeah. 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 That's actually what struck me researching this is actually so many of the people weren't hugely known or that relevant to designers who are still quite relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah. So folks out there, stop confusing it with a brand ambassador and cut jams. But yeah, um, that's pretty much on Muse examples. Mm. Um, I don't know. I would. Who who would be your Muse? Oh, God. Um, Who would be my Muse? I have no idea. I don't think I know. I mean, I can think of people I like, but they're not my muse or wouldn't be. But I'm also not a designer. So I don't know what. I think I need to have an idea of what I want my collection to be about. Mm. <laughs> um, I think it would be quite easy just to pick a relevant or young beautiful actress or model Mm -hmm. but it's probably more interesting for it to be someone a bit unknown yeah and that doesn't have to reinvent themselves or anything like that 
and you just are either really inspired by their style generally or whatever they just bring to the table. Yeah, I definitely think what well, I'd like to think that I would choose someone who's not super young. Yeah, I think a muse for me would require the person to have a, a sense of personal style, mm. a level of confidence. You'd like to think they'd be well traveled and you learn from them in a sense in some way or another. Yeah, And so that comes with age, doesn't it? Someone who's not led by trends. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of hard to find um, when when you do go for really young models as your muse. I know that for Pier Paolo, who um, designs for Valentino, he works really closely with one of the models, Aduta Ketch. She, she's like quite a famous model at the moment, but she's she's really young. She's like in her mm-hmm. early twenties, and I like adore her as a model. Um, but I guess that she's his muse because she has like the stature. She's very like graceful and well poised and those sorts of big Valentino gowns probably just hang like amazing on her. She's his mannequin rather than, rather than like he, they have these long deep chats about, I don't know, life. Mm. And from that he comes up with collections and whatnot. So, yeah, I I think you're right. I think I'd be quite similar that it'd be somebody who's who's got some stories to tell and they just mm-hmm. you're catching up and they just suddenly delve into a story of when they were in um, Tuscany in the 80s. <laughs> and you sort of like, oh, my God, my collection could be on Tuscany in the eight. Like, yeah, it's, it's that kind of a thing. That's why Cher would be such a good muse because yeah. you know she's got so many stories to tell. Mm. And she has this like unwavering confidence. And, and she takes fashion risks. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Cher. Oh, Cher. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you don't know who your muse would be, which brand would you like to be a muse for? I mean, Chanel. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was a no-brainer, wasn't it? Even though I don't know if that means much, because Chanel has already a blueprint, right? I mean, a lot of brands do. Um, but you could help to, like, pivot them in a new direction. You know, Carl's gone. I, I would actually say I could, <laughs> I could already see it. I think he's made it a bit funkier. So I definitely have the sort of dress really girly at times, but then I have sort of you edge like harden something or edge it up or mm-hmm. a bit more like punky. Mm-hmm. Um so I could I could see I could see it, you know. You I could see, really I could see it for you. I can really see it. Um <laughs> and maybe that's how I get my bags. So I can really see it. Yes. <laughs> What was I watching the other day? And it was, um, that's it, on YouTube. It wasn't the other day. It was like last year. Um, There is (laughs) this fashion YouTuber and he's called like Loic P. I can't remember his surname, but 
I don't know if he's a fashion photographer or whatever, but he seems to be really well connected in the fashion industry. And he gets these exclusive kind of interviews or insights into the preparation before shows or mm. talking to these designers. It's re- it's like a whole nother world that he mm. gets exposed to and he films and documents all. Anyway, he was at, um, Ch- yeah, he was at Chanel and he, um, met up with one of the she wasn't a muse but she was like the in-studio model so she's appointed to like go in every day and try on the, the garments and things are fitted on yeah, her the fit and, model. exactly and so yeah because she worked as like a not a full-time employee but she was there day in day out she was given all these bags as well and at her like little studio apartment she had like this coat rack just hanging off it all all these like different Chanel bags in different colors and all of this stuff and what yeah oh I've got to go on a diet and become the Chanel fit model. <laughs> and you're probably too old for it as well. <laughs> Thanks, ma'am. That's so um, kind of you. Yeah. Um, who would you like to be amused for? Um, I, th- I wonder if actually the ultimate pleasure is a non-established brand to help be that pivotal person in a brand's journey yeah it's like in 20 years this brand is a household name and you will their initial muse would be a real honor I mean if they do nothing less of an honor but yeah still you're part of its history aren't you yeah um Scarpelli do you think yeah it has to be (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I mean is it stuff I could wear to like the supermarket not at all but um it's bold it's fun Mm -hmm. it's like dark mysterious but a bit like it's it's surrealism isn't it and I think it would just be dress up in the studio wouldn't it and also they make really big earrings and I love really big earrings. So and also I guess the thing is you don't have to wear it day to day, but it has to be what you feel most alive in. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> um, what's this episode's poll for this week? Oh. Oh, of what what brand are you gonna be Yeah, for? yeah. What How brand would you want to be amused for? Yeah. I wonder what pe- I, I wonder what people's most popular arts would be. You know, it would be quite cool. Maybe being at Nike, and you just like because you know Nike they design a shit ton of trainers. Yeah, and most of the ones they design, which are like, is this because you want lots of trainers? I don't even have that many trainers, but they have some really like cool designs that mm-hmm. I think would being the muse would open you up to like this whole other world yeah footwear oh 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 it has to be like christian Louboutin because you know how dita von tees yeah. is like best friends with christian 
she has like this wardrobe full of his shoes and he makes the shoes for her tours and stuff. He makes like custom made shoes for her. That's got to be the ultimate blessing, right? When someone does your tour outfits or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Bedazzle everything. Yeah. So there you go. (laughs) There you go. So yeah. Who would you like to be a muse for? Who? Like which oh, brand? No. Oh, that's a poll. Yeah, yeah. sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was another question. <laughs> well, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Style Over Substance, guys. Don't forget to check out our Instagram or Spotify to respond to this week's poll. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.